You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Something I really feel like the Lord's been showing me recently is uh, the Bible. If you hear Jesus say this a lot, you say He would say things like, uh, "Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Lord is saying." And obviously, all of us have ears, right? And they're used for hearing. But what was God saying? He was saying, uh, "Pay attention, listen closely, um, be teachable. Uh, how teachable you are will be the gauge of how much you receive from the Lord." And how you can know if you're being teachable and if you have ears to hear is that when sermons and things are preached from up here, you hear what God is saying to you and not just what he's saying to other people. Right? You're not just hearing, oh yeah, people need to hear that. You walk away from Sunday morning and you know what God spoke to you, what he said to you. Amen? Amen. So let's just lift out our hands like this. Say, Jesus, I receive everything that you have for me in Jesus' name. And everything else that's not for me, I don't receive it. Amen. Isn't that good? So good. So if you're new here, welcome to the Father's House. If you have not, fill out a connection card. We'd love to get you connected. Fill out a card, turn it to the welcome desk. I don't know if we said that already. I don't remember. But there should be right in front of you. Raise your hand if this, maybe if you'd be bold enough to say this is my first time here at the church. Any first timers? Come on, man. Awesome. Can we give it up for them? Anybody else? Any first-timers here? We've got a, more, a couple back here. Awesome. Welcome to the Father's House. Our vision is that we are a healthy home for the city. What does that mean? That we value your personal health and your personal growth over everything else. Amen. Because we know that mature Christians lead to a mature church and lead to mature families that ultimately will lead to a mature nation and everything that we're going after. Amen? So we want to see you grow up in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Awesome. Um, I was at a... <laughs> oh, I don't know if I share this. Maybe I will. Uh, I, this past week, I, I met an older lady. She, uh, she was probably 80, and she looked at me. I've never met her before. She looked at me. She said, hey, you know, I got a lot of wisdom. You, you, sh- you need to listen to us. You need to listen to me because I'm older. And I said, you know... I said, that should, how many of you know the Bible says age should speak wisdom? But let me tell you, just because you're older doesn't necessarily mean you got wisdom. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. I know the older people. This is not an attack against you. Okay, calm down. But I remember thinking, yeah, you might have wisdom. You might not, actually. <laughs> you might have spent all this time not, not having wisdom. And um, so anyways, how many of you know that I want to receive from anybody no matter their age? If it's wisdom, I want it. I'll tell you, you know, my son, the most humbling part about my life is probably hearing my son correct me. Just being honest, because it's like, man, because I know all his flaws and all the stuff that he needs to grow up in and all the stuff that he needs to work on. But if he's got a word of wisdom for me, I want to receive it. Amen? Amen. Come on, how many of you like storms? I like storms, to be honest with you. And we got a basement. Is, is that Brother John Embry? Come on, my man, good to have you here. Um, 
By the way, we do have like a, a basement underneath this platform. Something crazy just happened, okay? <laughs> it's like a storm bunker, to be honest with you. It's probably the safest place in Owensboro. It's like concrete walls and steel beams. Um, but anyways, all right, so this past week, don't be afraid. It's okay, all right? <laughs> it's, everything's going to be fine. Um, so this past week, I was praying, and I was asking the Lord uh, just a lot of different things. And honestly, this past, son- or this past Thursday, I got the honor of going to Lisa and Juan's group and um, their, their last small group, and I just really got blessed. And the Lord began to speak to me about today's word. Um, so let's just pray before we get any further. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that, um, man, God, I just thank you. And we just declare that and say that you are worthy. You are worthy. We just say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for ransoming us, God. Thank you that you didn't just abandon us. You didn't just leave us like Jesus. You said, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't leave you as orphans, but you came, Lord, to rescue us and make us sons and daughters. God, we just can't say thank you enough for what you've done. We honor you. Come get your glory this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, this, uh, this simply, I, I want to, I have a lot of things in my heart this morning that I want to communicate well. Um, I want to communicate well to you, so uh, I'm going to try my best to get a few of these things out I believe the Lord wants me to share. Uh, but the main thing I want to start off with this morning, I want to talk to you about the greatest miracle that there is, Okay. I want to talk to you, this whole sermon, this whole service just kind of flows together. Maddie was talking about, even from last week with Pastor Faith, talking about um, uh, getting familiar, right? And, and even just getting familiar. How many times have you took communion and if we would all just be honest, we would kind of just like be going through the motion? Let's just be real for a moment. Oh, not me, oh, it's holy. Come on. But it's easy just to, just to go through a motion and, and, and when we go through the motions, what we do is when we go through the motions, we basically start to have a heart posture that says, this isn't that valuable to me. When you go through the motions with your spouse, which I've been very guilty of, what I'm really saying is, hey, Maddie, you're really not that valuable anymore. <laughs> I know it's quiet. <laughs> and I start to think, like, man, what is the greatest miracle in the Bible? What is the greatest gift, if you will? Is, is it speaking in tongues? Is it, is it blind eyes opening? Is it the dead being raised? How many of you would like to see the dead be raised? Wouldn't that be crazy? As a pastor, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm kind of torn because I do funerals. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I couldn't tell you how many times I was sitting there and I'm like, man, we're supposed to believe for the dead to be raised. <laughs> this is, I'm so conflicted sometimes, you know? I'm like, man, is this the, let me put it like, is this the, the greatest miracle, the greatest gift God has to give? Is it raising the dead? Is it, is it, I think we look in the Old Testament, and we would see all throughout the Old Testament, you see these miracle stories. You would see where God with Moses, how many of you have ever imagined being Moses and the Israelites walking through the sea when it split, like what that would be like? You'd probably, to be honest with you, you'd probably be all scared to death, Right? Did you notice that they started singing praise after they got out? <laughs> they were in there probably walking like, oh, dear God, praying in tongues. I don't know if they could, but if they were, they would be. And, but we start to think about, like, man, wouldn't that be? Like, these are the big miracles in the Bible. These are the big signs and wonders, if you will. And we see um, there's just so, so many. Let me go through a few. You see where they get out of the desert. And then manna comes down from heaven. And God literally feeds the Israelites with bread from heaven. I mean, imagine just every day of your life, you got to see a miracle. 
You get to see something, what happened, and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Like, I couldn't imagine being able to see all these things. And then that God would supply water from a rock in the desert. And then at times when they were uh, sick, God would put a bronze serpent. And if they looked at the serpent, that they would have healing. They would all be healed. This was a miracle. At one time, there was a donkey who spoke. That's good news for people like me and you. That means God can use us, right? If God can speak through a donkey, this is a miracle. You know what's crazy today? We, we look at a lot of these things, and they're, just to be real with you, they, we think of them as just stories. And they're like, oh, that's a cool story. Yeah, oh, that's a cool story. But do we, do we, can we just connect our hearts today and say, no, I really believe this stuff. <laughs> no, I actually really believe this happened. This isn't just a Sunday school story. It isn't just a cool thing that happened. No, this is actually who God is. These are real miracles and signs and wonders. And then we go on to see where the story of the walls of Jericho would supernaturally fall down and they would march around this place. I remember I was at Bethel Church and they were doing uh, some, they were praying for healing and this one lady had a word of knowledge and they, had, they put a lady in the middle and they said, hey, you know what? I feel like we're supposed to just march around her really quickly. And how many of you know, you don't have to be weird to be weird, but if God, then you know what happened? The lady got healed afterwards. You know what I mean? I'm, I, sometimes I'm like, we're, all, we're too busy doing a bunch of weird stuff, and there's no results. And so we'll see, like, they walked around, and then the lady, I'm not going to lie, I was sitting there thinking, okay, that's kind of weird, but, you know, I, I guess walls of Jericho, I don't know, whatever. And the lady gets healed. And we see these, these big moments. Could you imagine being at the walls of Jericho? Could you imagine that, like, being on, in that army yourself? And then we see it in the battle where the sun and the moon would stand still. We've seen in the Old Testament where our widow's son was raised from the dead. This is Old, old Covenant. We've seen where water is consumed from fire with Elijah on the, the prophets of Baal. You see these miracles where fire would come down from heaven. Wouldn't that be incredible? I mean, isn't that amazing? Couldn't you imagine seeing something like that with your own eyes? You see the widow's oil that's multiplied. You see Naaman, who's cured of leprosy. You see David, a little shepherd's boy, who's just out there being obedient to his father, who supernaturally kills Goliath of Gath. You see these crazy miracles in these stories. You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that would be tossed in a fiery furnace, and then they would be supernaturally saved. These supernatural moments, these miracles that would happen. The Old Testament is full of miracles and signs and wonders. But here, here's the catch. They were all actually setting up the stage, and they were all pointing to the greatest miracle and greatest gift that was coming, which was God himself would put on flesh and become a man, and that he would walk the earth, and that he would literally, he would die a sinner's death, and then he would be raised supernaturally from the dead. This should be the greatest thing that we're, miracle and the gift that we're looking towards. We get to see the greatest miracle, I believe, the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is salvation. It's seeing someone go from death to life. Because there's something that happened. Listen, the waters can be split. How many of you know after those miracles, after those plagues, the Israelites turned on God? They turned on him. And then you see, but what am I trying to say? Let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's, what, we, what we rejoice over shows what we value. I, I, I'm, let me keep going. All right. Let me say that again. What we rejoice about shows what we value. I remember in 10th grade, I was at a basketball game. Last second, 
man, I saw this guy get up, shoot the ball, and he make it. And I'm telling you, I don't even know. I jumped up with both hands. Yes! I want him on the team. But we see someone get born again, and we're like, oh, cool, that's nice. What time's the game today? You see what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm concerned. Maybe we've got so familiar, not just with what God does, but even just what he's done for us. And I started thinking there's really only one prerequisite for stepping into praise, and it's just simply that he's worthy. It's that simple. It's really that easy. And then we see the New Testament. We see where God would turn, Jesus would turn water into wine. He'd open blind eyes. The dead would be raised. And then we see where even Jesus would send out the 70. And he would send out the disciples to go, and he would give them the power. He said, I'm going to give you power to tread on serpents. And he, like literally, you're going to have the same power. And then they would go in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to skip around a lot. And he says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful. Check this out. But the workers are few. Somebody say, I'm a worker. Come on, say it louder. Say, I'm a worker. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. That means people are ready to come. Did you hear me? They're ready. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for a worker. They're waiting for someone that comes that has what? That has the miracle, that has the gift, which is what? The gospel. Romans 1.16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is what? It is the power of God unto salvation. What's the power of God? The gospel. You don't have to be prophetic. You don't have to have tongues. You don't have to walk in miracles. All you need is the gospel. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't go after those things. Those things are important, but I'm saying something is off when we rejoice more when someone gets healed than when someone gets born again. And let me say it like this. This might sound kind of tough this morning, but people can get healed of cancer and still go to hell. People can get healed of a disease and still end up in hell, guys. People can receive a prophetic word and still go to hell. People can speak in a tongue, you ready, and still go to hell. This past week, I got to see something amazing. I was at Juan's house, and man, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, after the meeting was over, I looked at Lisa Guadarrama. Juan led the house meeting so well with so much boldness and so much courage. And I thought, I looked at Lisa, he doesn't even know this, and I said, who's that guy? I said, that, that's the guy I've always seen. That's the one I've always seen, the one I've been trying to pull it out of. I remember she looked at me, and I don't know if I, can I share this? And, and she, she was crying, and she said, thank you. And I remember thinking, this is amazing. And I'm sitting there in this group, and there's a guy in this small group that's been coming because Lisa is just, how many of you know, Lisa's not necessarily an evangelist. She just has a job, and at her job, there's people there who need to be saved. And she invited one of them to a small group. And he started coming to church. And he started going to a small group. And he's sitting there and he's talking about how he still needs to get saved, basically, and God's working on him. And Juan just has boldness. Guess what Juan doesn't have? He didn't necessarily have a word of knowledge, which is needed at times, but Juan had the gospel. And he goes on and he says, hey, do you want to do that right now? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this is awesome. 
I'm like, this is incredible. And his God stands up and it's genuine and he's, and he's genuine and his tears in his eyes. And one, I hear him say some of the same things I say from the pulpit. And he's saying, I surrender my life. I, I give it all to you. And from this day forward, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. When we see someone step into the greatest miracle God has to give. It's the greatest gift. The greatest gift is the gift of salvation. And you see that when we read a little further in Luke chapter 10. Let me bring this home. Guys, why are we letting that get old to us? I was asking the Lord during worship. I said, God, how do we fix this? It's one thing to know the problem. It's another thing to have the solution. Amen? I said, God, how do we fix this? He said, you got to get people to go back to where they started. When you first met him, when you first got touched by him, when you were first on fire, you gotta, you got to go back to these places. He says, you, for, you have uh, forsaken your first love. we got to get back to our first love and not fall out of love anymore and stay in love with our first love. Same thing with our spouse. How do you, how do you go back? you got to get back to those places. you got to get back to cherishing what he's done for us. Guys, when we don't give God praise, and we don't give him our hearts with some emotion and passion attached to it. We're basically saying it's not that big of a deal what you did, Jesus. You know what I mean? We're saying, I'm, I'm just familiar with that. Oh, yeah, he loves me. I get that. Oh, he died for me. Yeah, I've heard that. And, and as long as you keep that place, guys, you're not going to really, you're going to be bored at church. Because it's just become something so familiar to you. Just like you, let's just be real. Just like you get bored with the girlfriend. You get bored with the spouse. Because you stop putting in the effort. You stop cherishing what you have. You stop realizing how awesome it is and be a blessing it is. And then you start to get familiar and start to not really care about it anymore. And then you gather on Sunday mornings to try to get excited about something that you don't really maybe think is a big deal anymore. Thank you, Norman. You know what, Norman, come here. Actually, we'll come to you. Norman's in some pain. You stay right there. Norman has had some issues. He's been in the hospital, and he is believing for no cancer. He's got some tests that have been sent off, and we're going to believe God. Because I want you to see what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we don't believe in this, and it's amazing. (laughs) We're going to stand in the gap for healing this morning. Can we lift our hands towards him? We're going to believe God for, actually, if you, have, if you have cancer or you're waiting and you think you might have cancer, will you stand up right now? Please don't be shy. I have someone in the back. Will you stay standing? There's one back here. Can we get around her? Maddie, come here. Take this, please. No, you're good. Go right back there. We're just going to believe God to touch and heal this morning. Amen? Come on. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. We just prophesy good report in the name of Jesus. If there is cancer, we say cancer, go now in Jesus' mighty name. But we speak healing all from heaven to touch from the top of his head to the soles of his feet because of what you purchased on the cross, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, everything has to bow at your name. We plead the blood of Jesus over every other person that might even be shy right now to stand up, God. We say healing oil would come over their whole body. 
In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, we don't have to beg God. We would see in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends them out. Let me read this to you. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Verse 8, when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. The 72 returned with joy. In a sense, it's saying this. They were excited. They rejoiced, right? Check this out, though. They returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Okay? Check this out, though. Jesus replies. He has kind of an odd reply. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, check this out. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, however, he's saying, okay, besides that, therefore, however, check what he says out in verse 20. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Whoa, hold on a second. And then he goes on to say this, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Check that out. He's saying, come listen to me. He's saying, don't rejoice about the power and just the signs and the wonders and things. The main wonder is me. He's saying the main thing that's happening is what I'm doing, what I have to offer. Rejoice. He's saying this, there's a greater cause to celebrate and it's called salvation. And he's saying it's not that we don't celebrate. It's not that we don't uh, value the healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. But here's the reality. Those things don't always happen. But he's saying what we rejoice and what is a greater cause to celebrate is when someone gets saved. And I, I, I'm concerned that a lot of the charismatic church is more, they rejoice more when their, their favorite song is sung during worship. We rejoice more when there's a prophetic word that's given. We rejoice more when someone gets healed than we do when someone steps out of death into life. When someone who's lost. You know, there's only one, the scripture that says what happens in heaven when, someone, when one sinner finds their place, when one sinner repents, it says all of heaven rejoices. There's, you're not gonna find that anywhere other place in the Bible that says that all, they also rejoice when this happens. It only says they all of heaven rejoices when they repent and come into the kingdom. Because the reality is, guys, I have sickness in my body right now. I have back problems right now. Now, but I can still wake up in the morning and I can still be thankful. Why? Because he saved me. And I, I love that new song by Abby Gamboa. It just goes, you saved me. You saved me and I will never leave you alone. And I don't have to have anything. I don't have to have any uh, miracle. I don't have to have any of that stuff. And I can simply be like, I can just remind myself in the morning, man, God, I thank you so much that you saved me from my sin. And not even just that, but how he did it. He didn't just save me. What am I saying this morning? It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. The cross is a really big deal, church. His blood that was shed is a really big deal. Communion is a really big deal. And it's time for us to act like it. It's time for us to worship like it. It's time for us to get excited about it, to have passion about it. 
and not just go through the motions. And I know you hear this all the time, and we're going to keep talking about it until it shifts. We're going to keep talking about identity. We're going to keep talking about his worthiness until it shifts. We're going to keep talking about celebrating things until it shifts. Man, one of my favorite things about being at Bethel Church, when someone would get saved and they would stand up to receive Christ, everyone would, man, that place would erupt in praise. And let me remind you, Bethel's one of the churches, the biggest churches for going after miracles and signs and wonders. And they celebrate those things really well as well. But when someone gets saved, it's, the, it's a huge celebration. Even Chris Valentin would say, you know, if, you're, if your healing ministry has surpassed the importance of souls, then we've still got it wrong. If your prophetic ministry has surpassed the importance. And listen, he literally says, hey, don't, don't rejoice because demons will listen to you. How many of you know you got to be very careful being used by God because it can bring a lot of attention to you. There's a story of a pastor of a large church in Africa, and you would never know that he was the pastor or the leader because when they would have their meetings, he would always be sitting uh, down, kind of crisscross at a very low place in a meeting. And he said the Lord spoke to him. He was sitting down in the dirt, and he had a church of, I think it was over like 50,000 people. And he saw, the Lord told him to draw in the dirt. And he started to draw in the dirt. And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, I want you to wipe your hand through that. And the Lord spoke to him and says, that is what I will do with you if you touch my glory. Remember Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts? It says that people were drawn to him because of his power. How many of you know that the enemy does have power? Medians and witchcraft and all this nonsense, but here's the good news. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. But he does have power. And you see in the book of Acts where Simon the sorcerer, he would see where the, the apostles would lay hands on people. They would receive the Holy Spirit. And then Simon was drawn to the power. But not for God's glory, but for their own glory. There's a big movement going on right now with this Come Out in Jesus' Name movie. And, and I'm just going to be straight up with you. And some of these guys, a lot of them are godly men, and some of them are a, a little out there. And I'll say it. We've got to be careful that we're not serving ourselves. We've got to be careful that we don't have a political spirit. We gotta be careful when God starts to use you mightily that you don't start to look and say, it's me. Wow, the demons are subject in our name. Look at us. You know, there's that crazy scripture. What was it say? That scripture says, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he says, depart from me, for I do not know you. These are scary scriptures, right? And now, what I'm trying to say to you this morning is God's saying, let's keep the focus the focus. And the focus is people coming to seek and save that which was lost. And yes, we want to see people be delivered. And let me, let me just remind people this morning, our freedom ministry is deliverance ministry. I have no desire to get you to manifest demons on this altar and shake like a fish. I have no desire to embarrass you that way in front of this whole church. None. I have no desire to try to get demons to talk out of your mouth. I have no desire to do that. Demons are liars. 
I have no desire to do that. But we will have some deliverance training coming in July with Daniel Kalinda's ministry, and we will do things in honor and do them very well because we do know that there's a need. Amen? But how many of you, come on, man. Oh, I feel like I have authority to speak about deliverance ministry because I've been delivered. I got delivered, man, I'm telling you. And let me tell you how, I, I, some of y'all are thinking, hold on a second, what did he just say? I'm telling you, I was demonized. That's what I'm saying, let's make it clear. I was an absolute addict, out of my mind, completely tormented, deceived, and anxious. Let me tell you how I got delivered. I was in a jail cell, feeling like a piece of garbage, sick in my body, vomiting, nauseous, coming down off drugs, having withdrawals, feeling like such a terrible person. I remember Jesus standing over me and saying, I still love you. (laughs) And I got delivered. (laughs) And my addiction left me. And depression left me. And I've literally not touched another drug since that day. Demons don't have to leave with you throwing up. I know I'm stepping on some cows this morning, some sacred cows, and I'm okay with it. We got to be careful. We want to see God. We want to see God use you prophetically. We want to see God use you for deliverance. We want to see God use you for signs and wonders. But I'm telling you, we got to be careful that you don't start to want the glory. That we go low. And, we, were, and we're ne- we, we never just get amazed. I love to remind God on Sunday mornings, man, God, this is your idea. You put me here. I remember when the church asked for my resume. I had no resume. We're going to need your resume, Mike. I'm like, I don't know. The only resume I have is this last four years serving at this church. Before that, I got Arby's, Cheetah Clean Car Wash. Cole, I don't know, I served tables at Colby or famous Bistro, Nico's. <laughs> I had some serving experience. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm about to make some more pastor jokes for Carl always makes fun of me. Now I'm serving that new wine. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. But Jesus is saying, hey, there's a greater cause to rejoice. There's a greater cause. All the demons, he said, don't rejoice over that. Rejoice because your name is written in the book of life, right? Because demons can, guys, demons can get out and they can get back in and cause more trouble than they had before, right? And there's a need for this. And let me me just say it like this. Let's just keep our eyes focused on the main thing, which is him. And watch what he does. We, We were seeing people get set free, from finding out that God loves them. We're seeing people get set free from forgiving someone in their life. You know what I mean? This is amazing, guys. Guys, deliverance work is not easy, and I'm not even trying to just talk about this this whole time. Deliverance work can take hours, and it usually does. And it's not nothing to play around with. You know, we got, you got to make sure that you're prayed up, that you're really in the spirit when you want to go out and start doing things like that. So, Praise God. What am I trying to say? Let's get excited when someone gets saved. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's get excited. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get excited. Let's get excited. 
Come on, is, is Sean here today by chance? No? Okay, good. Can we get excited for him? He got saved at Juan and Lisa's small group this past week. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Jeremy had it right. This is worthy of being. He's saying, hey, there's a greater thing to rejoice about. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know uh, Melissa Helsler. Melissa, Melissa Helser, she actually got healed at a time, and then her disease came back. Isn't that crazy? But guess what? She still has something to be excited about because she's still born again. <laughs> guess who could take away me being born again? No one. <laughs> no one. Nor death, nor life, nor things of past, things of present, nor heights, nor depths. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing. And I might be sick. I might have scoliosis. But guess what, enemy? You can't separate me, separate me from his love. <laughs> oh, my car might break down. This might happen. Whatever. You can't separate me from his love. You can't separate me from me. Oh, my son's lost. My kids are acting crazy. They're back on drugs. You can't separate me from this. I always have a reason to praise. I always have a reason to rejoice. I always have a reason. Come on, church. You always have a reason. Instead of focusing on all the reasons why you don't give him praise, you always have a reason to praise. Lord, you love me. I'm like, man, I, I love you too. What we rejoice about, guys, shows our values, right? We're going to be a church, and we are a church that rejoices over when people step in from death to life. Amen? And when people get delivered, and when people get healed, and when marriages get restored, all of it. <laughs> but man, don't, let's not get familiar when it happens. We come in the service, oh, he's worthy. Oh, he died for me. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Man, I wonder how long service is going to go today. You know what I mean? Let's, let's get out of that place. Somebody say, I'm getting out. <laughs> I'm getting out. All right? So, um, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Man, it's 1210. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Yo, somebody's in here like, come on, I'm ready for church. We're going to do this for two more hours. It's raining anyways. Y'all don't got nowhere to go. Can we just make a commitment this morning that we're going to praise God like he's worthy at the Father's house? Can we make a commitment this morning when someone gets born again and when God moves and touches someone, we're going to praise God like he's worthy. We're going to get up and shout. We're going to sing, scream his name. We're going to give our, put our hands together. We're not going to say, oh, that's not a big deal. We'll see. We're going to say, no, it's a very big deal. We don't want to be like the ones that Jesus said, hey, where are the other ones that got healed? Where are they at? Oh, they're sitting somewhere saying it's not really a big deal. Somebody say, not me. It's a big deal every day. Every day. Let's keep that place. Uh, I want to say one more thing, and worship team would come. And I want us to end with that song, Worthy. Can we do that? We're going to. <laughs> you don't have to participate, but that's what we're going to do. Um, Mark chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it says, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach, he being Jesus, in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. 
Ready? He said, where did this man get these ideas, they asked. What is the wisdom he had been given, and how can he perform such miracles? Are you ready? Isn't this the carpenter? The son of Mary and the brother of James, a.k.a. we're very familiar with who that is. Oh, we know him. We're not impressed. We're not impressed with him. We've known him our whole lives. And my concern, guys, is that maybe we've been in church so long that we're not impressed with Jesus anymore. And I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm just saying this to say, hey, if that's where we're really at, let's get out of it. <laughs> let's get out of there. When someone gets saved and you don't actually, it doesn't move you anymore, let's get out of that place this morning. And they're saying, hey, isn't that just the carpenter's son? Isn't that the son of Mary? What do they go on to say? Um, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. are his sisters here with us as well? And they took offense at him. Let me tell you the biggest cancer to the church is being offended. If I leave my spouse, you should be offended. You know what I mean? But we're offended by things that don't ever actually matter. And we're looking at Jesus and someone, come on guys, listen. We gotta be impressed with him. We gotta be impressed with what he's done. Can we stand to our feet? We gotta be impressed with what he's doing in our midst. This morning, I loved coming into the office this morning with my favorite parts of Sunday morning. You know what? I look in Pastor Faith's office and there's a couple in there getting marriage coaching. And I'm like, yes! Because you know what I see? I don't just see marriage coaching. I see a healthy husband and wife that will lead to a healthy children, that will lead to a healthy future of our nation. That's what I see. And I'm like, yes, this is the hard work. Coming to church is easy. That's the easier work. Taking what we learn and taking what God is saying and applying it, that's where it can get a little difficult. But I'm here to tell you this morning that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And we're going to yoke up with him this morning. And can we just lift our hands? I want us to sing that song. And we're just going to activate ourselves this morning and say, God, and I believe a lot of us just need to repent right now. God, forgive me for just not being impressed by you anymore. Come on, could you be, could you be bold enough to do that? God's not going to shame you. He's going to give you mercy. And say, God, just forgive me. That I, maybe I've just grown familiar with church and just with everything. I'm not even that excited anymore. Lord, forgive me. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for saving me. Can we just pray this? Say, let my salvation always be impressive. Say it again. Let my salvation always be impressive to me. Say, let the cross always be a big deal. Say, let salvation always be a big deal. Say, Lord, I always have a reason to say thank you. So can we lift up this song together before we go? And our prayer team, if you could come. And if you need to just have your moment with God right now and say, Lord, change my heart. Reignite my passion and my flame this morning. Come on, if you need to just lift our hands in this place. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Listen, if you found yourself here today and you're saying, listen, I need to be born again. 
I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be forgiven of my sins. The Bible says, for the all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're not any worse than anybody else on this planet. We're all born into sin. There's an opportunity for you right now to step in from death into life. If you need salvation, I want you to lift your hands up right now, right where you are. Both hands right now. If you need salvation, I see those hands. Anyone else? I need to be saved. Lift up your hands right where you are. I see those hands. I need to be saved. Come on, let's do it. You're not ashamed of the gospel. Anybody else? I need to be born again. I'm going to give just a moment. Anybody else in this place? I need salvation. If that's you, if you need to repent this morning, come on, anybody else? Lift up your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We got a couple this morning with our prayer team already. Come on, man. Come on, can we give it up for them, church? Come on, here's your opportunity. Come on, here's your opportunity. Come on, here's your opportunity, church. Come on, here's your opportunity. We love you, Lord. Come get your glory, Jesus. Come on, anybody else? I'm going to ask you to do something a little bolder. If you need salvation, would you come get out of your seat and come to these altars, the one of our prayer team. If there's anybody else, would you come before we leave, before we dismiss? Come on. Anybody else? Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, is that you? Say, I'll go with you. There's, come on, today is a day of salvation. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, anybody else? Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's, let's break this thing this morning. Let's break it this morning. Let's break it this morning. Hallelujah. Can we continue to sing that? He's worthy. Come on, every hand lifted in this place. Every voice lifted in this house. Let's do one last thing. If you need healing in your body, if you need physical healing, would you lift up your hands right where you are? If you see someone with their hands raised and you're close to them, let's lay hands on them. Come on, lift up your hands real high. Don't be shy. If you need healing in your body, we got some more over here. Let's make sure everybody has somebody praying with them. Carter, you got your hands raised? Okay. Anybody else, keep your hands raised if you need healing in your body. Do you, you have your hands raised? There's right up here, guys. Up here. Do me a favor. One of you ask them what they need healing for. Let's do that now. Anybody else? And whatever they tell you that it is, it's, it can be really this simple. It's cancer, heart disease, whatever. Just simply begin to pray like this. Say, cancer, go in Jesus' name. Healing, come in Jesus' mighty name. Cancer, get out. Heart disease, get out. Scoliosis, straighten up. Back align in Jesus' name. Arthritis, go in the name of Jesus. Come on, we don't have to beg God. We just speak healing over their bodies. We say, be straightened up healing come sickness go in Jesus name alright guys you don't have to pray for a long time ask them if they have any breakthrough 
Does anybody feel any physical change in their body? Would you just wave your hand over your head? Come on, guys. We can stop praying. We don't have to. God heard you. Does anybody feel any change in their body? Could you just lift up your hands like this? Anybody at all? I feel any change in my body. Would you raise your hand like this over your head real high? Come on, somebody. This young lady got born again this morning. She just told me. <laughs> and let's do me a favor. Let's pray one more time for those people. Come on. The Bible says keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Come on. We pray in faith. Let's pray one more time. Come on, guys. If you're with someone praying, let's pray one more time. Come on. Let's not let doubt come in. We just say pain, go. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church. Isn't the Lord good this morning? Come on. He's worthy. Can I give you a secret? Did you, did you see how the worship we just went into was higher? It wasn't because of the team. It was because of the room. No, pay it. This is very important. It wasn't because of the, song, the team. It was because of the room. It's because of something happened with you all. Now, I'm here to tell you, we can step into that type of worship every single Sunday. If you just step into it when you step in this room and you start to say, God, I'm impressed by you. God, you're worthy of my praise. God, I thank you. I don't care what's happened to me this week. It doesn't have to, this doesn't have to change. Man, we really need to hear that this morning. The only thing that changed was your opinion, your heart and your faith in the room. That's the only thing that shifted. Was you saying, God, I'm going to give you my worship. Come on, church. Every single Sunday, every time we gather, we can come with that same type of zeal and that same expectations, and we can jump right in to his praises. Amen? Come on, somebody say, I'm ready. Bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, I bless your people. God, I pray that you would just bless their families, bless their bodies, bless their kids, bless their businesses, that you would have your way in their life. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Do me a favor. Touch the person beside you. Put your hand on their shoulder and just say more, Lord. Begin to say just a little blessing over them. God, I bless them. In Jesus' name. Awesome. We love you guys. The worship team's going to continue to play just a little bit longer. Our prayer team's still a few down here. If you need prayer before you go, we love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week. Stop three people on your way out and say he's worthy.